Dylan Timms was 14 years old when the sickness happened. It didn't matter that he and his mother were completely isolated on their Texas ranch when word of the disease first broke, or that no one was allowed access in those early days when everyone was frightened and the news only got worse. His mother still got sick. His dad was alive and healthy in D.C., doing whatever he could to help the country, because he was a senator, and that's what senators did. Too weak to walk more than a few feet at a time, his mother told him from her wheelchair, You're going to D.C. to be with your father. If anyone can figure a way out of this, he can. What about you? he said. Why can't you come too? She shook her head tiredly. Your father called for you. And besides, I have Mona here to help me. Mona was her assistant. Almost like family, she'd been there for as long as Dylan could remember. But still, he said, resorting to his favorite argument in times of need, an argument he always lost, and this time was no different. He was going to D.C. From an early age, Dylan had never known a moment when he wasn't flying someplace with one of his parents. This time he flew alone in first class, which would have been cool under other circumstances. He hoped his mother would recover soon and join them in the rental in Georgetown. She could even bring Mona. The flight offered a small surprise. No flight attendants. Just a single pilot, which was sort of scary. No snacks, either, and nothing to drink except what he could slurp from the lavatory sink. Another surprise, Reagan National was even more deserted than the one in Austin, which had been a virtual ghost town. Here there were no concession workers, almost no security, and very few passengers coming and going. A woman stood waiting for him as he exited the long line of gates and entered the baggage claim area. Though she had a sign saying, Dylan, she smiled in recognition and came right over. He'd never seen her before. I'm Margaret, she said, and showed him her government ID. I work for your dad. He's busy with the... with lots of things right now, and he asked me to come get you. You mean the sickness, Dylan said. Margaret quickly corrected him, parroting the official name. Heteroplasmic myopathy, or HM, as if giving it a name was almost a cure in itself. Clearly, she wasn't a doctor. HM, the TV doctors said, was a placeholder for something they didn't understand. Another doctor called it idiopathy, a disease with no cause. On the way to the house, through multiple checkpoints, some with actual tanks guarding the intersections, Margaret asked him questions. What was he studying? Was he looking forward to staying with his dad? Did he have any friends here? Dylan answered yes or no, depending on which was less likely to result in a follow-up question. Soon she stopped talking and put on the radio. Just like flying alone, it would have been cool seeing all those tanks and soldiers— now he wondered why they were there. Wasn't like you could shoot the sickness. Was there another nuke threat? Was someone seriously trying to invade? Or was it all show, 
to look busy while they waited for answers like everyone else. Someone knows, he muttered as they pulled into the driveway of a big, gated townhouse with old-fashioned architecture that reminded him a little of European castles. Hmm? Margaret said. Nothing. That night he waited alone for his dad, then fell asleep on the couch around one in the morning. When he awoke, he knew his dad must have come home, because there was a blanket on him that hadn't been there the night before. Rather than comfort him, it hurt that his dad hadn't woken him, or at least waited for him before leaving again for work. A note on the counter said there was food in the pantry. He was supposed to eat one, and one only. Expecting pastries or maybe tuna fish to make a sandwich, something he could eat one of and still be enough, he blinked in surprise at the plain brown box sitting on the bare wire shelf.